Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his sermon series on the first epistle of Peter, with this sermon entitled, Jesus is Coming Soon, preached November 12, 2017. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Jesus is coming soon. This church believes in the God of the Bible, the living and true and the only triune God, one God in three persons, the God of creation, the God of providence, the God of redemption, the savior of the elect and the judge of the living and the dead. The Lord of history. We are living in the last days. Listen friends. Which began with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the perfect God man. The savior and judge. This period will end. With the second coming of Jesus Christ we read in the scriptures Romans 13:11 and do this understanding the present time the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Saint Peter saw him going to heaven Acts 1, 10 through 11. Each generation of true believers must live their lives in expectation of Christ's second coming while living in holy lives. We are to watch and pray and wait for him. Matthew 24, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds. From one end of the heavens to the other. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And Luke 21, 34 through 36. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. 
And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. First point, sir. The end is at hand. Peter tells us that the end of all things is near. History, as we know, is coming to an end. Jesus is coming soon to put an end to history. He has not come for 2,000 years. So believers died and went to him. He has not yet come because all elect are not yet saved. They need yet to be born, hear the gospel and be saved. But he is coming. He will come with all believers who had died and their spirits are with Christ in heaven now. This sure hope of the second coming of Christ must regulate our lives now. Second Peter chapter 3 You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. St. Peter stated in chapter 4 and verse 5 they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. The wicked Sinners who slander and persecute true believers will give an account to the judge, Jesus Christ, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And he is coming soon to judge. Therefore, Peter tells us how then we must live. Point number two. We must give ourselves to prayers. In the Greek. As Daniel prayed three times daily. And he was thrown into lion's den. We must pray with fasting. We must pray intercessory prayers. Friends, in order to pray effectually, we must have sound mind and self-control. You must be regenerate. As per Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, which speaks about regeneration. Without regeneration, we cannot have a clear mind. And a correct view of reality. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says. We have not received the spirit of the world. But the spirit 
who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. 1 Corinthians 2.14 speaks about the unregenerate, the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually interpreted. Friends, in regeneration, we get a new heart, new spirit, the heart of stubborn rebellion, taken out by spiritual surgery. We are given a heart of flesh, an obedient heart. If you are disobedient, you are not born again, and he is coming to judge you and send you to hell. There is an eternal hell. Jesus said so. We get a new mind to think God's thoughts in regeneration. New will to will God's will. New set of feeling by which we may rejoice even in tribulations and we get the new power of the Holy Spirit to obey God with great joy. The unregenerate can only sin 24-7. He's dead toward God. He hates the Bible. He cannot pray. His father is the devil. He always serves the devil He is like the legion demon man. But Christ regenerated him, saved him. When that happened, he received a sound mind. Mark 5.15 speaks about him. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, hundreds of them, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Before restless, naked and a wicked mind. The unbeliever does not understand reality. The regenerate have the mind of Christ and understand truth. 2 Timothy 1.7.4 God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. So a true believer is not drunk. He has self-control. Ephesians 5.18 Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit. So a believer, regenerate person prays in the will of God. Prayers. This is the confidence, 1 John 5, 
we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked him. Matthew 11, 24 and 25 about prayer. When you stand, that is stand to pray. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. We pray, sir, with a clear conscience, good conscience, cleansed by the blood of Christ, understanding the will of God, understanding reality. We pray with a clear conscience, having confessed our sins. And we do this in order that we spend time in prayers. Philippians 1.3, St. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That when I open my mouth, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also that when I open my mouth, words, that's what pray for pastor, words may be given me to make known the mystery of the gospel fearlessly. In Luke twenty two forty six, Jesus said, Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Why did you sin? You didn't pray, sir. You are crazy. Your mind is disordered. You don't know what reality is. You don't know what the will of God is. And so you didn't pray, you sinned. We are clear-headed people. True believers have clear mind. The unbeliever is stupid. You make always decisions that are false and wrong. You always decide for the broad way life. We are clear-minded people, spirit-filled and scripture-controlled. Ephesians 5.18, be being filled with the spirit. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That will control your mind and you will see reality. Friends, we love God and his people, not the world and its lusts. 
true believer will never love this world and love money and love fame. 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for everything in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. And number three, sir. Love one another deeply. He says, above all things, it is of supreme importance. And he said this already in First Peter 1.22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. And so he repeats itself himself in chapter 4 verse 8. Only regenerate people can love truly. Because love is the first fruit the spirit produces in a regenerate believer. So we read love fulfills the law. That means the word of God. The will of God. If you love me, keep my commandments. Love is the greatest. God is love. Love abides. Love forgives. Not seven times. Seven times seventy. That means without limit. Jesus said so. St. Peter said, what about seven times? Is that all right? He said, no. You need forgiveness from God without limit. And you forgive others without limit. Love never fails. Love dies that the loved ones live. I said the other day, love is titanic. Means the fathers and husbands went down with the ship that was sinking that wives and children may live. And Jesus Christ loved us and died for us. Jesus spoke about love. 1 John 3, 11, this is the message you heard from the beginning, that is from Jesus Christ, we should love one another. John 13, 34 and 35, a new command, I give you, love one another, as I have loved you. Not your standards, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know That you are my disciples if you love one another. And he tells us how to love. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We ought to love, sir. Dear friends, 1 John 4, 11, Since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 1 John 4, 21, And he has given us this command, Whoever loves God must also love his brother. God commands us to love. And this is his command, 1 John 3.23, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. And this is his command to love one another as he commanded us. Friends, don't tell me about black power and white power and all that. If you tell me that, I will tell you you are not born again. Listen. Colossians 3.11 Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and what, sir? In all. I forbid you to talk to me about some people are superior to some other people. Fervent love, especially for God's people, The love of God, Holy Spirit distributes to all his people. That is love of God and he distributes in abundance. Romans 5 verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts in abundance by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. This is a love even dies for your brothers. With this abundant love of God, we love God who first loved us and we love all God's people deeply. I witnessed this deep love in the revival in South India which began in 1925 and lasted through 1950. I saw it. Every distinction and discrimination wiped out instantly. I still remember two sisters belonging to the lowest class Martha and Mary. They cannot enter into our house. But when the revival came, we treated them as our mothers. I saw it, sir. You remember what Jesus said about Church of Ephesus? Revelation 2, 4. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. And about Laodicea, Revelation 3.15, I know your deeds, 
that you are neither cold nor hot i wish you were either one or the other fervent deep love forgives covers a multitude of sin of our brothers and sisters sin they committed against us which god has forgiven in christ saint peter is speaking from proverbs proverbs 10:12 hatred stirs up dissension but love covers over all wrongs matthew 6:14 and 15 for if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their sins your father will not forgive your sins friends if people sin they sin against god and against people and they must repent and confess and ask forgiveness and your job is to forgive them Ephesians 4:32 be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other in Christ God forgive you you love us Christ loved us you forgive us God forgive us in Jesus Christ you have no right not to forgive and if you don't forgive a root of bitterness will grow and will destroy you Number 4 practice hospitality I saw this in revival practice hospitality especially to God's people Galatians 6:9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers hebrews 13:2 do not forget to entertain strangers that is practice hospitality for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it genesis 18 Romans 12:13 share with God's people who are in need practice hospitality Now listen what Jesus said For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in Then the king will reply I tell you the truth whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine you did it for me you practice hospitality in Christ's name yes sir hospitality was necessary because some people were very poor some people suffered persecution some people's properties were confiscated and some people were missionaries they traveled some people were business people they traveled too romans 16:1 and 2 and in addition in was not 
a good place to stay. It was like a brothel. And do practice hospitality without what, sir? Murmuring. If you do murmur, you murmur against God. What do you have that you have not received? Murmuring shows there is no love for God and not no love for God's people. And you read Acts 2.45 selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. And we saw that. My pastor sold property. He was a Hindu convert and gave it to the church. Acts 4.34 and 35 there were no needy persons among them For from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And then there was discrimination. Acts 6 verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews, they are Jews, but they spoke Greek. The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The love cools down so quickly, sir. And Philippians 2.14 do everything without complaining or arguing. Where there is complaint and arguing, there is no Holy Spirit, there is no love. We practice hospitality in Jesus' name. Practicing hospitality is a privilege. And we do so with joy, with thankful hearts for God's glory. And the fifth point, sir. Serve one another with grace, gift you received freely from God. You have nothing. Your very existence came to you from God. Serve one another with grace, gift received in the past, Ella Ben, from God. Different people have different gifts. For instance, in the body, I have eye and I have feet. And my feet needs my eyes. And my eyes need my feet. Matthew 10, 8, freely you have received and freely give. Let me read to you Romans 12, 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. 
1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, Ephesians 4, 7, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and so on. In a body, the eyes need the feet, and the feet need the eyes. So members of human body are not proud or envious or jealous. They serve one another with their God-given gifts. So in the church of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 26. Listen, sir. So that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And with the grace gifts we have received freely from God, what do we do? Verse Ephesians 4.12 To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And we do so as good stewards of God's varied grace. You are given this grace gift freely. Which means you are not the proprietor. You are not the owner. You are a steward, so you minister to God's people faithfully. You have to give an account to God for the God-given gifts. How did you spend it? It is given to you for distribution to the people of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? And friends, you can even pray for grace gift. In Greek, charisma. You heard of charismatic movement. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Friends, listen. These gifts are available to God's church until Christ returns. Available in God's sovereign will. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly, what sir? Wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. The gifts exist until what sir? Christ comes again. And you can read it. 
First Corinthians 13, 8 through 12. So we use our different grace gifts to serve God's people, edify them for God's glory. St. Peter deals with two classes of grace gifts. One is preaching. The other is serving. Though if anyone speaks, he must speak as the word of God. You don't add, you don't subtract, you interpret correctly by the Spirit to declare the word of God for people's blessing. Speaking gifts and diaconal serving gifts. Ephesians 4.11 speaks about pastors and teachers speaking gifts. Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then can they call upon one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Not went, sir. Sent. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal possession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death to the other the fragrance of life and who is equal to such a task unlike so many we do not peddle the word of God for profit on the contrary in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God and you notice in this church we preach the gospel without begging anybody we command you to repent. We command you to believe. We command you to love one another. Because God commands through us. Preaching gift. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. The second Helvetic confession says, the preaching of the word of God is the word of God. Chapter 1. Martin Luther said, every honest pastor's and preacher's mouth is Christ's mouth. And the word which he preaches is likewise not the pastor's and preacher's, but God's word. If you don't respect the word, you are damned. And God ordained your damnation. See, you don't want to believe because God ordained that you don't believe. From an infralapsarian point of view, all have sinned and he saves some. And you are going to fight with him? Go ahead. The word of God is profitable for preaching and what's it? rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished for every good work. 
John Calvin said, when a man has climbed up into the pulpit, it is so that God may speak to us by the mouth of a man. So, Peter says, if anyone speaks, speak as the oracles of God. He is speaking of the ministry of preaching, teaching, counseling, and evangelism. Matthew 10, 19 and 20. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say at that time. You will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. This requires a preacher to be called by God, sent by God, gifted by God. Not to peddle the word for money. Pious and learned, able to interpret the word correctly by the spirit. And declare the word in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the second ministry is diaconal helps. If anyone serves, serve God's people with the grace gifts received, including money. Money, sir. Remember, rich young ruler, he refused to spend his money. Zacchaeus, the big sinner, was regenerated and he said, I want to give half of my wealth to the poor and the other half my own translation because I cheated. This means I don't have any money. But today salvation has come to this house. He has God and that God will take care of him. And so, serve one another with the strength he gives in abundance. Not human strength, but the supernatural divine strength. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, St. Paul said. Jesus, sir, washed the feet of his apostles. He did the work of a slave. And we should do the same. In this church, almost everyone serves in God's power. God's people. They daily fulfill. Ephesians 2.10 We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You look people outside. Right now they are outside serving. Right now they are hearing the sermon and serving. And they are serving all the time in this church because it is a church that born out of revival. I was there. When there was revival. 1 Timothy 5, 9 and 10. No widow may be put on the list of widow unless she is over 60. Has been faithful to her husband and is well known for her 
diaconal service, good deeds such as bringing up children. Meaning bringing up godly children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, devoting herself to all kinds of good works. Diaconal service. And let me tell you, God is going to reward you for every good work you did. Ephesians 6, 8, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. He doesn't have to, but he does, man. God will reward them when Jesus comes again to judge his people. May God help us to be rich in good works. Finally, sir, in whatever capacity we serve God, the ultimate purpose is the glory of God and his son Jesus Christ not our glory and fame and power what is the chief end of man to glorify God and to enjoy him forever whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God Revelation 5, 12 and 13, in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and glory and honor and power forever and ever. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Friends, do you realize that Jesus is coming soon or you will go to him by death? Either he comes or you will go. Number two, do you realize he is ready to judge the living and the dead? He is coming again. Number three, do you realize you must give him an account of your life? Number four, have you experienced regeneration by the word and the spirit? Number five, do you pray as Daniel did? With sound mind, in spirit's power, with clear understanding of the will of God, in reference to all things? Or do you lean on to your own understanding? When we pray, we want to hear what God has to say. Number six, do you love God's people deeply and sacrificially as Christ loved us and was crucified for our sins in our place? If not, you are not regenerate. It is simply a story. Number seven, do you forgive others who sinned against you without limit? Number eight, do you practice hospitality, especially to God's people, without murmuring? Number nine, do you serve others with the grace gift God has endowed you with 
including money. Number 10, do you hear and do the word preached by God sent pastors? Number 11, do you do all things not for self-promotion, but only for the glory of God and his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ? Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to love God deeply. Lord, if one does not love, he is not regenerate, because the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Therefore, O Lord, pour out your Spirit upon us. Revive us. Redeem us. Save us. Fill us with the Holy Spirit that we may live our life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.